Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia, and welcome to another episode of My Millennial Property. My name is Emily Wallace, and John Pigeon is somewhere in the middle of Australia right now. He is floating around, having a ball of a time, um, and he has left me to host today, which is very, very exciting. Don't worry, he'll be back very, very soon. I can assure you of that. Um, Definitely check out his Instagram, though, if you want to know where he's been. Um, He has been all around the country, which is very exciting, checking out different places and been on the road with his wife and beautiful children. Um, But I am very lucky today to be joined by Melissa Hickson from Prime Residential. Melissa is a property manager. In fact, she manages my investment property for me, so I can speak firsthand. She's a very, very good property manager. And she joins me today to talk about the rental reforms that are happening in Victoria at the moment. So welcome, Melissa. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for having me. Now, we were speaking off air just before. We were running through at a high level all the changes that are happening. Now, first and foremost, people that uh, follow the podcast are from all across Australia. There is obviously a portion that are from Victoria. And what we're going to talk through today is probably directly related to the changes that are happening in Vic, but we may see some changes happen in other states or they may already exist in the other states as well. So it's a good recap for those of you um, who are investors, but also those of you who are tenants, which could be quite a few of you, particularly if you're a rent vester, you might find yourself being a tenant and a landlord, which is an interesting position to be in. So we're going to go through these changes at a high level today. Some of the key ones, some of the minor ones, some of the very weird ones that you've explained to me and unpack them for you. So let's start with the most notable ones. What would be the biggest changes that you've seen come in? Alrighty. Well, there's 130 plus changes that are coming in. So there's quite a lot, a um, lot. Of, uh, of changes coming through. I guess one of the major things that um, a lot of um, people have been talking about is in relation to the gas and electrical safety checks. So um, effectively, what that means is that um, I, I believe that they're trying to bring the standard of living in Victoria for tenants to a higher standard, so making it safe for people to live in, in rental properties. Yep. Which, you know, obviously is is, is a great thing for um, for um, Victorian tenants. So, mm. or they'll now be called um, renters, not renters, tenants. not tenants. Okay. Uh, yes, we need to get into the habit of changing that. Um, it's been 18 years that I've been calling people landlords <laughs> and tenants, so that will take some getting used to. Um, but yeah, so I suppose the um, the safety checks is something that um, will be coming into into play. Um, And effectively what that means is that, for example, you have a property that comes available from, you know, the the second week of April. Once you offer the property um, to a tenant, you will need to um, organise gas and electrical safety checks. It is going to be a mandatory requirement in order to, you know, own an investment property um, in, in Victoria. So what it effectively means is that a certified tradesman needs to come into the property. They need to provide um, a report 
they go through all the information um, and all, all the um, everything in the, in the property. So electrical safety checks will look at things like their um, electrical box, yep. making sure obviously that all their you know circuits and everything are in, in order and, and compliant. Um, there will be a lot of the older style properties that will require um, electrical upgrades. So that may be an additional cost for um, owners to consider. Um, you know, they'll look at things like all the PowerPoints and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's all the electrical side. The gas side refers to obviously any gas appliances. So that could be hot water services, could be gas stove tops, ducted heating units, all that kind of stuff. Um, I suppose the the point of doing the, the, the checks is to make sure that people are living in a safe property. Um, you know, there there's nothing, I suppose, that is, um, you, you know, if the tenants are not living in a safe property, then obviously that there are a risk of, you know, harming themselves if there's mm. carbon monoxide, you know, in the property, you know. Yeah, There are stories ideal. of families, <laughs> you know, children passing away and it's very sad. So, um, yeah, I guess it's one of the major things to come into play. Yeah. So they will need to carry those out every two years, actually. Every two years, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, more broadly speaking, what's the cost? Like as a landlord, and I'm speaking for myself and for all the other landlords listening here, what's the sort of cost then every two years for us to complete those checks? Yeah, so look, there are companies that are going to be doing combo packages. So, you know, you can get the gas and electric um, electrical safety done and the smoke alarms as well by the same people. So yep. they um, are packaging up. It's anywhere between six to $700, uh, 650 to $700 um, to get those checks completed. So, um, yeah, I suppose if you have to do it, you know, straight away before you you move a tenant in or as soon as uh, practically possible, that's what the um, legislation is stating, as soon as practically possible. So, you know, that can be a cost, obviously, um, that you'll need to pay for up front. But I think a lot of the tradies are going to try and stagger them out. So, you know, look at doing one one year and potentially one another year. Yes. And something to keep in in mind is that if you obviously you have a new tenant um, in place, that those requirements will um, will be in place. You need to get those checks done. However, if you have an existing tenant in place, there is a, a bit of a leeway period. So you have okay. up to two years, 2013, yep. 2023, not 13. <laughs> um, so 29th of March, 2023 to have them done. Okay. Um, unless the tenant requests for the safety Okay. Certificate. Right. And in that case, soon as practically possible. Right. And I imagine some tenants, you know, who are living in an older property that, you know, they might be questioning whether it is actually safe from that measure would be aware of the information and probably would be requesting their checks, which I think is more than fair and reasonable. It's just that landlords need to factor this into their costs of owning a property. It is an additional cost. You know, there's there's so many things that go into owning an investment property in fees and all sorts of things. This is another thing to add on top, which is interesting to know about. Now, you touched on uh, smoke alarms. Now, I know I personally pay an annual fee for, that, for them to go and be checked and tested and I get a tick. I think it's $99 or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, and I've opted into that. But before now, that was, you know, a nice to have. Now, what's the deal? Um, So before that, it was a recommendation. So uh, look, most owners are already doing doing the smoke alarm checks, but um, look, some of them are not. Some of them going around to their properties and, you know, doing the smoke alarms themselves or the neighbour up the road are doing the smoke alarms. Mm. Um, They won't be able to do that anymore. It must be done by a certified tradesman um, and a certificate um, is issued to make sure it's been completed. So it's um, another requirement that's coming into play. So it must be done and that's done annually. 
Yeah. Okay. So you could, I mean, like you mentioned, when they package them together, you could do gas and a smoke alarm one year, electricity and a smoke alarm the other year, and then you'd be ticked off for that two-year period and just keep going basically every two years for those and every annually for the smoke alarms. Correct. So that's the safety things covered off. Um, And as you mentioned, there were over 130 it's a lot of changes. It's a lot of learning. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and just for a reference to everybody uh, who's tuned in, um, I reached out to Melissa a few weeks ago and she said, that's perfect. I'm spending a whole Friday in a room learning about all these things so I can talk about them in great detail, which is great. Now, one thing that I find interesting as a minimum requirement is the requirement for heating in the home, particularly in Victoria, we do get some very cold winters, even in parts of New South Wales. I mean, I think Brisbane, Queensland, broadly speaking, you're fine for heaters. But anyway, talk to us about the requirement for heating in the home. Yeah. So at the moment, um, again, it's a recommendation. It's not a requirement. So moving forward, there is a requirement for every rental property to have um, adequate heating um, in the living space. Mm-hmm. So um, as, as a minimum, so heating could be um, a split system, heating and cooling unit, could be a ducted unit, could be um, hydronic unit. Um, panel heaters will be sufficient up until 2023. Okay. After that, um, they won't be sufficient anymore, which is what wow. we've been told from the REIV. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are rental properties that do have those like apartments and stuff in, in the city, they'll have those panel heaters. They would be approved if there is no provision to put any other heating in the property. Okay. So there's a bit of a tier, um, which got, kind of goes through. So, um, you know, you have to, yeah, you have the say the split system heating and cooling unit or whatever heating you've got. If that is not able to be installed, say you're on the, you know, 28th level of an apartment block and you can't put the compressor somewhere, mm. then maybe you may be able to get the next form of heating, which is something like you know, potentially a panel heater. Yep. Um, so that those um, all of that information will be outlined in in the regulations, anyway. So, um, but yeah, I guess heating is a requirement. The other thing on the flip side of that is um, air conditioning is now an urgent repair. Right. So, um, air conditioning is can be expensive to repair. So that will be an urgent repair moving forward. At the moment, it's not. Okay. Um, it will be moving forward. Wow. And just touching on that, um, you know, installation of reverse cycle you know, heaters, cooling, all the rest of it. I just had a thought as you were speaking, that's actually an advantage to some buyers, to be honest. If you think about it over the next two years, if that rolls out and and people are upgrading their heating systems, when those investors go to sell out and potentially first home buyers are buying in, that's something that's already been done. I know whenever we walk through properties, particularly like those villa units or, you know, older apartments and the heating reverse cycle aircon is already there. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. You don't have to worry about installing that or plumbing it it's all done for you. Um, That's great. I think that's a really, really good addition and could actually benefit buyers in the future as well. Yeah. Well, the flip side of that also is that you've got a split, if you put a split system unit in, you've also got the cooling as well. Mm. So that's obviously going to be, make your rental property more desirable to tenants to want to rent it because Mm. it not only has a really good heating unit, um, you know, it has to have the minimum star rating, um, electric, like an energy star rating. So split systems comply with that, but it also has air conditioning, which is an added benefit when you go to obviously sell it, but also rent it out Mm. for future tenants as well. So Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to take a little bit of a break for a moment, but when we come back, um, I've got a list of things that Melissa reeled off before we spoke, which are some interesting changes that uh, is worth a listen for both uh, tenants and landlords. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a second. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So we've been through all the safety measures. We've spoken about the gas and electricity safety checks that need to be done, the smoke alarms, the minimum requirement for heating, and now air cons are at urgent repair. So there's some big changes that I'm actually surprised some of those weren't already mandatory, but we're, we're upping the standard of living in Victoria. So that's good. Now, uh, a couple of other things um, that are, I guess could be a bit wordy, but one thing that's quite notable is that the tenant, sorry, the renter, the renter, renter yes, <laughs> can make alterations without consent. Yes. Now, that's a very broad term. Can you drill down on that for me a little bit? What does that mean? Yeah, so it means that um, things like picture hooks or child-proof locks um, on cupboards, you know, changing of blinds, um, things that are um, very small modifications to the property Mm -hmm. that uh, normally the renter would go to the owner about and request for permission. Moving forward, they won't need to to do that anymore for um, a list of minor modifications. That also includes putting things up like security um, alarms and Mm -hmm. um, security cameras, could be, you know, putting locks on a gate or a mailbox, you know, things like that. Um, Nothing really to be concerned about. Um, They do need to provide the home back in the same condition. Um, So like, for example, they change the blinds, they need to replace the blinds and put them back to what they originally had yep. unless it's, um, you know, approved between both parties for the blinds to stay there Okay, kind of thing. So yep. it's nothing really to be concerned about. But, yeah, moving forward from that, there are um, an additional list of modifications that the tenant can also um, make to the property, including painting. I know a lot of owners have thought, oh, gosh, mm. like the tenants are going to paint my my property pink. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, if, if the tenants um, want to do something that's quite drastic that you potentially don't agree with, there are avenues that you can go through to actually prevent the tenant from making the modifications. So you'd have to um, yeah, make an application to the tribunal, which yep. is called VCAT, um, and actually have a discussion about why you believe the tenant should not um, paint the the house pink. 
Yep. Effectively. Yeah. That would be some interesting listening, I'm sure, in the VCAT hearings. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be they'll be pretty uh, backed up, I think. They're already pretty imagine. backed up from COVID. So, yeah. you know, if bond claims at the moment are taking up to, you know, six to 12 months to wow. get through. So there's a bit of a backlog still. Yeah. Um, there's a, a whole heap of things that are coming into play that potentially, um, you know, if the matter can't be resolved, then they have referred it to VCAT. So I think that they're looking at upgrading the VCAT system, yep. um, which is really good for us as agents and also the renters and the rental providers as mm. well. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, there was an interesting one that you were saying before about the fact you can't now ask a renter for their date of birth. You can't actually ask how old they are, no. but yet you can ask for their ID. Yes, so the identification is a requirement of an application. Yeah. Um, but yes, there are things that have to be uh, taken out of the request on the application. So things like their marital status, yep. you know, if they're a male, female, Mr. or Mrs., yep. all that stuff comes off. Okay. Um, can't ask for nationality. Um, right. So can't do that. We also can't ask for date of birth. So right. um, I guess on the you know, how we can find out how old the tenants are because we also need to make sure that they're of legal age to be able to sign the document. I think that's very important. So it kind of contradicts itself. But um, look, the way that we can find that out is going and looking at their identification because we obviously need to verify who they are. Um, So like we do checks like on social media and all that kind of stuff to see you know, if they are who they say they are. So we can check like their passports and um, and driver's license. But yes, we can't formally ask on the application, you know, how old they are, what their date of birth is. Yeah. Are they a male, female? Such an odd rule. But uh, yeah. I get it at a high level, but then I'm kind of like, well, you're going to get the information anyway, so... Why does it really yeah, matter? Yeah, I, I don't know. It is, yeah, I have no <laughs> Who idea. even makes these rules? <laughs> don't know, I don't know. There's, yeah, some of the stuff that has come in, it just like, it doesn't even make sense. Like you just have to be proactive with trying to figure out the application. Like it doesn't, yeah, if you, yeah, it can be very difficult if you're not, um, you know, across what, what everything is, mm. I suppose, and you're not educated in, in the industry. Um, yeah. A lot of maybe potentially new property managers may struggle around that. Um, but, yeah, hopefully... It's not as bad as what we we think, so it should be fine. Yeah. We just get the ID and we'll just check it from there, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, with all these changes, and we've only discussed uh, a couple of them today, they're probably the most impactful ones, but broadly speaking, would you say that these changes are most definitely more favourable to renters or the or the landlord? Yeah, I think I think some are leaning towards the, the, the renter. I think it is um, important to make sure that there's a balance between both the rental provider, who is mm. the landlord, now the rental provider, that it's what they're called, um, a balance between both of them. I think some portions are, are, are lean to, leaning towards the rental um, provider as well. But the safety stuff, I think, is really important because it will actually mean that it will actually bring up the standard of living in Victoria. I feel it will. Um, I feel that it will eliminate a lot of the medium class rental providers. So the the owners of investment properties that don't want to spend money on their property that are potentially putting their tenants at risk. Mm. I feel that the tenants are the, the, I keep calling them tenants. My gosh. Doesn't matter. Um, It's going to take some getting used to the, um, I feel that the renters will um, be in a, you know, in a, in a better position because they will be able to rent better, safer, cleaner properties. Mm. You know, there's minimum standards around like ventilation for example yes. like they must have you know adequate ventilation things like um cooking they need to have adequate uh, cooking facilities so okay. they have to have a minimum of like a two two burner cooktop yep you know if a tenant if a renter is living in a property 
that they don't have cooking facilities. Mm. I mean, I've seen some that you know are now for sale, right? Like in some very ordinary conditions. Some of them don't even actually have a proper kitchen, and people have been paying a hundred dollars a week in rent. They're going to need to. Yeah, it literally yeah. just. But like they're just almost squatting there, I guess. You yeah. know, like it's just a roof over their head. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that'll really up the ante on what's what's required which is good I think yeah I think if I mean I think there's different parts that go you know for the rental provider and I think there's different parts that go for the the renter Um, I suppose um, it's about putting you know doing the education around why these things are important um, as well you know if your property is very well kept and and very well managed then you'll attract high quality tenants so I think the owners or the the rental providers are at a win yeah if they've got a high quality property they're going to get more rents rents should hopefully go up in in Victoria over the next couple of years as well their standard of living is higher then the the rents need to be higher you know and owners are going to want to put their rent up to compensate for the seven hundred dollars they're going to have to pay on their um on their on their safety safety checks checks. exactly so I don't think it's favoring one side or the other but I think it's you know there's there's things that favor both sides yeah yeah definitely now Looking in an Australia-wide view, some comments I've seen in the in our Facebook page we have, we have the My Millennial Money Facebook page where people ask questions and put things forward and we have a lot of people who, who are looking to rent and a lot of the feedback has been that in the outer suburbs, like the more lifestyle areas, the vacancy rates are so low that people cannot find a property to rent. A question I have for you as a property manager receiving applications, what are some tips you could give to people who are putting forward applications to be a tenant, to be a renter, and, and how can they make themselves stand out a little bit? Yeah, look, I mean, it comes down to the first The first thing is the interaction with the agent. I think it's really important to actually be approachable to to the real estate agent that's actually opening the home for you. Like mm. we're, we're there, we're doing a job, we're representing, our, you know, the business and our, um, our owners, um, but we're also there to make sure that we find the suitable tenants. So just being, you know, nice to the people that you you know, walk in because yeah. some people are just like they're in a rush and, you know, we, we get it, that's that's our job. Yeah. Um, so that would be a first tip. But also making sure that you are quite prompt when, you know, th- we're doing follow-up calls, you know, to see how you went with their um, with the inspection, making sure that you contact us back, put in the application as, you know, as soon as you can so we can finalise it and make sure that you provide the right information. Don't kind of fill out this bid and then leave this bid and then, you know, not not provide all the info because you know we we have a lot of applications that come through our desk and we might have 30 or 40 applications on one property at one time the vacancy rate in my area in the western corridor is is significantly low lower than melbourne inner city obviously from covid so we we do get quite a number of applications come through so i think it's important to make sure that the applications presented correctly all the information's right um and just be truthful about where you've been, what you do, all the information, because a good property manager is going to find out. Yes. All of that. Yes. Um, so <laughs> the moment that you're not um, being, you know, if you, if you leave something off or maybe it's a mistake um, yeah. and if you don't reiterate that to us, we don't know, you could potentially be declined for a property if you're not, um, you know, providing all the, the right information or all of the information to us. So yeah, yeah, just being on top of that would be something I would say. And what about, and I guess I'm speaking from my personal experience, I recently secured a new um, rental property, which I am in love with. Like I would even consider <laughs> buying it. It's so good. But to get that, I 
really felt I had to stand out a bit because it was such a nice place. And to be honest, they weren't even asking that much rent. I thought they could have gotten more for it personally, but I put a covering letter and I said, you know, mm. dear Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, I'm also a landlord myself. I understand the value of a good tenant. Rah, rah, rah. Do property managers slash landlords actually read a covering letter if you put one in? Yes. Okay. We love it. Yeah. We love that. We love, you know, if you've got pets, pop in a bro- profile of your dog. Like we yeah. love dogs, you know, <laughs> like I love dogs. Well, our office loves dogs. So, <laughs> you know, and 65% of tenants in Melbourne um, have pets. Yeah. Like that amount. is a huge stat. So, you know, yes, put the cover letter in, explain who you are, what you do, what you like. And I think if you take the time to actually do that and show that you are genuinely interested in the property and why we should offer it to you, mm. you know, I think it's really important. So yes, please, we love cover letters. Well, I love cover letters. Letters. And I love pet applications as well. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. You, you've heard it from a property manager out of the very mouth of a property manager that you should, in fact, do a cover letter. So don't skip out on your applications. Put effort into them as if you're applying for a job. If you really want that position, if you really want that house, maybe put some effort behind it. There's a, a takeaway tip from today's episode. Now, uh, Melissa does share a lot of content across her social media. So be sure to check her out. Of course, um, property management in, in Melbourne, Melissa covers that. But if you're in another state or territory, there's still value in what she does put out online. And she may even have contacts for you in other states that can be a great property manager for your uh, investment property if you're a, a landlord. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I work with agents all over Australia. So, yeah. Perfect. So, she can be a centre point for you. And also, don't forget, if you do have questions for John and I going forward, John will be on the next episode. I can guarantee you he won't be away for too long. Um, please put them in the Facebook group or you can even um, send me a, a direct message on the old Instagram. Um, John is sometimes on Instagram, probably not as much as I am on it daily, um, but put a question in there and we'll certainly answer it for you in the next episodes that we do. But Melissa, thank you so much for your insights today. Um, It's been really helpful to understand a bit more about these rules. I'm obviously personally going to have to factor in a bit of money over the next couple of years to get everything up to scratch, but that's fine. There's a reason for these rules. Um, I totally get it. So thanks for sharing what you know today and we look forward to bringing another episode next week. Thanks, Emily. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And I've created the Buying Coach, built from my experience as a buyer's advocate to demystify the confusion around purchasing property, particularly for first home buyers. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 